by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the temporary pleasure of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to that reward. The author, the author of Hebrews, where we are uh, continuously doing our book series, our study on this book, encouraged the Jewish believers to remain steadfast, to remain faithful, to remain strong, especially with their faith, despite the social discrimination and persecution that they are experiencing at the time that Hebrews was written for them. The author thought, uh, taught them that it was impossible to please God without faith. That is in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Moreover, the author explained that the Jewish heroes lived by faith. So we are now in the chapter where we, have, we are about to finish the, 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 the chapter on the hall of fame, of faith. So the author explained that the Jewish heroes lived by faith, inferring that the Jewish believers should also continue in faith. What is faith? Faith is the certainty being sure of. It's the certainty of things hoped for. So whenever we use the word hope, it should be used in the context of certainty. So when you say, I hope things would be better, it should mean that 100% things would be better. So it is not a half-hearted wish. It's certain. So faith is the certainty of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So that's in verse 1. The heroes displayed certainty of God's promises. So they were certain of the promise of God. We all know that God is faithful and he is consistent and we can always uh, believe what God promised Yet some of the people of faith mentioned were the patriarchs, especially in the first part of chapter 11. The patriarchs lived as sojourners, meaning they are just passers-by in this, in this world. They are aliens. They never adjusted. None of them turned back to their former country. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob believed until their last breath. They searched for a better place, a heavenly one. So last Sunday, if you're here, and if you're able to uh, watch our, uh, our preaching, particularly in Hebrews chapter 11, 
uh, in that part, verses 21 to 22, I mean 20 to 22, uh, we've discussed uh, particularly Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. Now before we continue, let me ask this question. Next slide, please. Because uh, recently I've been having some uh, special moments with, with my children. What valuable lessons have you learned from your parents? What valuable lesson or lessons have you learned from your parents? All of us, I'm sure, have parents, no? Or at least guardians. So what lessons have you learned from them? Uh, maybe you're using them right now or you have been applying them right now. So do you have one? Meron po kayong naiisip, naalala ng mga lessons from your parents. I remember uh, from my, my parents teaching me uh, the word kuikui. Uh, I believe this is an Ilocano word. Kuikui uh, is when you finish all the food in your plate. Uh, yung rice, yung ulam, to the point that mm, your plate becomes clean after eating. So that's the word kuikui. You, you, you make sure that you don't leave something on your plate. So meaning you don't waste food. Uh, so my parents were Ilocanos, and uh, maybe if you know one of the culture that they have, they are not really stingy, no, but they are thrifty, no, thrifty in a positive sense. And uh, as much as possible, I believe they were teaching me how to be thrifty as well, not to waste food, because of course, no, these, these, are, these are blessings from the Lord. Uh, the farmers uh, really gave their efforts to, 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 to plant, harvest, etc., to process, and so they are now available in our plates. So that's the word, the kui kui. So what, what valuable lesson have you learned from your parents? So today we'll talk about faith and identity. So we continue our study in Hebrews chapter 11. We are now in verses 23 to 26. Next slide, please. As our senior pastor would always remind us before we go to the application, we are to study first the context of the passage that we are studying or that we are reading. So uh, by understanding the context, uh, the, the background of it, we'll be able to provide better application in our present uh, situation or present context as well. So what we will do is we will, again, uh, approach this portion of the scripture verse by verse, you know, looking at it uh, through its context by its author. Uh, so it says there, as I uh, read once more our passage this morning, starting from verse 23, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing uh, pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. So this is the first part of uh, our 
study particularly in, in the life of Moses through Hebrews chapter 11. So next Sunday, it will still be about Moses. Now, next slide. This, this passage gives us uh, some background in the life of Moses. So when, when, when the original readers of this letter, of this epistle, this book, heard or read this, they immediately referred to Exodus chapter 1 uh, and, and so on. No? So because that's where, uh, well, Moses, the writer, the author of Exodus, uh, inspired by, by, by God, wrote about this, uh, these particular chapters. So we need to, uh, I need to really go back to those, to those passages. Now, next slide, please. So in Exodus chapter 2, it says here, Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a daughter of Levi. So there were Levites. And uh, who are these uh, couple? So next slide, in Exodus 6.20, we, we, can, we can learn there that the parents of Moses were uh, Amram, okay, uh, and Jochebed. Uh, so those are the, the, the parents of Moses. Next slide. Uh, and of course, we, know the, we should know the background. So let me just read to you uh, so that I will not uh, any more paraphrase, particularly starting from Exodus chapter 8. It says here, Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. So there's a new pharaoh. He said to his people, Behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more and mightier than we. So in a paranoid way, he thought that they are they becoming a threat. Verse 10, Now let us deal wisely with them, or else they will multiply, and in the event of war, they will also join themselves to those who hate us, and fight against us, and depart from the land. So they appointed taskmasters over them to afflict, to afflict them with hard labor. And they built for Pharaoh storage cities, Python and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread out, so that they were in dread of the sons of Israel. So they put them into hard labor, and the more that they are uh, experiencing hard labor, the more that they multiplied. The Egyptians compelled the sons of Israel to labor rigorously. And they made their lives bitter with hard labor in mortar and bricks and at all kinds of labor in the field, all their labors which they rigorously imposed on them. So mas lalo pa po silang pinahirapan. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Sifra and the other was named Pua. And he said, when you are helping the Hebrew women to give birth and see them upon the birth stool, if it is a son, then you shall put him to death. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them, but let the boys live. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, why have you done this thing and let the boys live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, as an excuse, because the Hebrews women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife can get to them. So they are not able to kill them. So God was good to the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very mighty. Because the midwives feared God, he established households for them. 
So what happened in the last verse of chapter 1, Exodus 1, Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born you are to cast into the Nile, and every daughter you are to keep alive. So there's now a command, an edict, a decree, a law from the Pharaoh, from the king, to kill all newborn male, no, mga male newborns. So this is now the background of uh, what we are studying. So as we continue in Exodus chapter 2, next slide please. And the, we, uh, the woman, this woman, si Jochebed, conceived. So imagine, no, yung, yung parents, this is their, their third, uh, this would be her third pregnancy. So the parents, Jochebed and, and Amram, they have already si Miriam, and then they have Aaron, okay, and then they have this new uh, unborn child. So they're excited, they're happy. At the same time, they're concerned because of the law that if this becomes a, I mean, comes out as a boy, okay, then this child would be killed. So just imagine their excitement and at the same time their fear. And because there was no ultrasound yet during that time, they would not know the gender of this, this uh, pregnancy. No? So hindi nila alam. Until, next slide, she gives birth to a son. Oh no. It was a boy and we have a law. They have a law during that time. So what do we need to do now? Next slide. And when she saw that he was beautiful, see, baby, the child, the newborn child, he was beautiful. Moses would also uh, use this word in Exodus, uh, that uh, he was beautiful. And uh, Stephen in Acts 7 verse 20 would say that he's also beautiful in the sight of God. Uh, but this beauty, as siguro lahat ng mga parents would say, no, sa kanilang mga anak, na maganda, guapo, cute, no? so wala naman magsasabi sa kanyang baby na ano, eh, no? na pangit naman ito. Wala naman. No? So, so in, in that sense, it was not just physical beauty, but it has something to do more with, with being special or being unusual or being unique. So this child is, is special. And it could be that, the, that God impressed in their hearts you know, that this child should not be killed. And this child should continue to live on. That's why what they did, okay, Jochebed, she hid him for three months. So tinago. In short, hindi siya pinatay. Next slide. But when she could not, no longer hide him, kasi nga, Obvious na, na lalaki, no? yung, yung gender. She got him a papyrus basket and covered it with tar okay, so that hindi siya basta-basta masisira ng water and pitch. Then she put the child into it and set it among the reeds by the bank of the Nile. His sister, si Miriam, stood at a distance to find what would happen to him. Then verse 5, the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe in the Nile with her maidens walking alongside the Nile. And she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid and she brought it to her. So by, by God's providence, the daughter of the Pharaoh saw this basket. So when she opened it, verse 6, she saw the child and behold, the boy was crying. And she had pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. So 
maybe because of the, the, the clothes that the baby was wearing or the, 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 the cloth that was a uh, blanket that was used to cover him. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, so nakaabang siya doon, no, nandun siya, she said to the daughter, I mean the Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? Pakatalinong bata, no? The Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go ahead. So the girl went and called, obviously, the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me. And I will give you your wages. So, hindi lang nagkaroon ng opportunity si Jochebed, the real mother of Moses, to take care of him, but also to be paid while taking care of him. So the woman took the child and nursed him. So Jochebed, uh, she was, I'm sure, very happy. The, the whole family, they were very happy that Moses gets to grow with them. Uh, and nothing is said on that, on that particular uh, uh, situation or point until verse 10, the child grew. And that's the time, uh, maybe around six or seven years old, when Moses she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter. And that's the time when he became, uh, well, officially her son. And she named him Moses and said, because I drew him out of the water. Uh, so in short, Moses grew up in the palace okay, where uh, the Pharaoh, or uh, perhaps the Pharaoh and his daughter lived. And uh, of course, being the, the richest person, the leader of this, this nation, Moses grew up with particular privileges. Now it came about in those days when Moses had grown up that he went out to his brethren. He was, I believe, 40 years old at this time. <laughs> grown up, na yun, no? more or less. And, and uh, I like also to think that this is one of the turning points in the life of Moses. What happened in this particular instance, he went out to his brethren and looked on their hard labors. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, like not one of his brethren. So while he grew in the palace of the, the Pharaoh's daughter, he knew, perhaps it was taught to him personally by his mother and by the whole family, that he is not an Egyptian. He is a Hebrew. He looked this way and that, you know, and when he saw there was no one around, he struck down the Egyptian who was beating his brethren and hid him in the sand. It was a crime of murder. He went out the next day and behold, two Hebrews were fighting with each other and he said to the offender, why are you striking your companion? Verse 14, but he said, who made you a prince or a judge over us? Are you intending to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? So they knew of his uh, murdering this Egyptian. Then Moses was afraid and said, surely the matter has become known. And from there on, he escaped and ran away to a place called Midian. And that will be a different story. So having that as a background, we now continue with our uh, studying the particular passage in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. Next slide. Next slide. So this time, we see here that by faith, next slide, okay, 
Moses was hidden for three months. So we knew this already no, from Exodus chapter 2. By his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. No, in other words, they had faith. They had more faith than fear as they did not obey and they were not afraid of the law of the king to have the first uh, to have the newborn male child no, put to death so in a way sumunod naman sila diba kasi sabi doon you should uh, throw then cast the, this this child these children into the nile ginawa naman nila but in a basket uh, they they cast this this child no, into the basket uh, inside the basket into the nile and so, uh, Moses was protected. He was, he was hidden. He was protected by his parents. And I'm sure that during that time, the parents prepared Moses. They prepared him. Not only physically, but also spiritually. They prepared Moses for something that, that they knew that Moses would eventually do and accomplish. And verse 24 says, by faith, ito na sumunod na passage. Next slide, by faith, Moses, next slide, when he had grown up. I believe this was the time when he, he got out and uh, saw this uh, Egyptian killing a brethren. No? And then so he eventually killed that Egyptian. When, when he had grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused. He refused to be called and to be identified and to be associated as an Egyptian, particularly the Pharaoh's daughter. What else? In verse 25, he chose, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people. Remember, they are still slaves and they're still experiencing hard labor at this particular point. Choosing to endure ill treatment with the people of God, meaning the Hebrews, rather than or than to enjoy the temporary pleasures of sin. So we can more or less derive from that particular portion of the scripture that the privilege that Moses had, he experienced during his stay in the palace. Okay, has something to do with temporary, short-time pleasures. And he associated this and identified this as something to do with sin. So what are these? It could be the, the worldly pleasures, the, the, the physical pleasures of having housemaids, being available for, for, for carnal reasons, during that time, earthly pleasures that Moses may have seen or perhaps even experienced. But there was a moment, there was a time, a turning point in his life when he refused and he chose not to be associated with such things anymore, but instead even to endure the ill treatment. So just imagine, enjoyment 
or hardship. Parang ganun, no? So, magkabiligyan tayo ng ganung choice, di ba? Parang, it's very easy to, to choose yung enjoyment, no? Yung comfort rather than enduring ill treatment no? with the people of God. Furthermore, in verse 26, he considered, the, the word considered as something to do with calculating or, or thinking deeply uh, or or uh, reckoning to his mind. Talagang pinag-isipan. Hindi siya, hindi siya uh, parang ano lang, out of the blue or an impulse decision. It was not a, a blind decision. He decided on something because he thought deeply about it. And that, what did he consider? He considered the reproach of Christ. The reproach of Christ. Now, this is very interesting portion of, of this passage. Why? Because the, the author of, of Hebrews gives us a picture, hints to us that at this particular time, Moses already had an idea of the Messiah, of the Savior. He already knew of Christ. So, uh, many Bible scholars believe that this was given to Moses. Uh, this was revealed to Moses. This was inspired to Moses so that at this particular point, he would, he would know and he would choose, he would consider the reproach of Christ. The reproach of Christ means the disgrace of Christ, the, the hardship of, of Christ, the suffering of Christ. Now, it, it would be the, the, the difficult, the painful, uh, uh, disgraceful, and, and, uh, and the, the suffering that Christ would experience, the Messiah, the Savior would experience. That is the reproach. That's why the phrase, uh, when you say that this person is beyond reproach, you're saying that this person is beyond something negative. No, it is beyond criticism. So, parang wala kang masabi sa tao na to, beyond reproach. So, reproach is something to do with the suffering, the pain, the, the difficulty, the, 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 the disgrace that the Savior will experience. So, he would relate to this so that he would eventually also choose to go through as what Christ in the future, as he knew, will also do. That's why if you look at the, uh, the, the life of Moses from here on, he would endure a lot of disgrace, a lot of suffering, a lot of uh, painful years because at this moment he decided how by faith that he would endure the ill treatments not hard labor just as Christ would also experience this now in the context of what that this reproach of Christ is greater riches. It's greater riches compared to the treasures of Egypt, which is a lot. 
uh, until now they're excavating sa mga pyramids yung mga bronze and gold and the silver and 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 mga precious uh, ornaments and stones that they had even during this time the treasures of Egypt for why he was looking to the reward so he knew that there was a greater reward in the future compared to this temporary compared to this 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 uh, uh, ang, ang term na ginamit dito yung short time in, in some some uh, translations na passing dumaan lang dumadaan lang nasisira nawawala temporary compared to the eternal reward that he would receive And he did this, he made this decision by faith. It is by faith. Next slide. So knowing now the, the background, knowing now the context of this passage, we can now have for ourselves specific applications. So let me submit to you several applications from this as parents, yung mga co-parents ko na nandito ngayon, those who are listening today or watching. As parents, let us protect and prepare our children to a point, to a point that they would also be able to choose wisely. So I believe that is what Moses' parents did. They did not only protect him, but part of that protection is to prepare him so that one day uh, there would come a point in the life of Moses that he would choose wisely and by faith. So parents, how are we preparing our children? Also, how are we preparing them? Next slide. So in, in this in these particular passages, uh, the, his parents they they prepared him so that one day he would be able to refuse uh, yung mga earthly riches and choose yung eternal na riches. Uh, he would he would turn his back from, from worldly things uh, and turn his face towards eternal things. He would choose to endure the suffering, to be identified with his people, with God and his people, than to be identified with Egypt. And of course, to consider the sufferings of Christ as greater than the treasures of Egypt. Next slide. So how, how do we do that? How do we exactly prepare, protect and prepare our children? I believe first by teaching them that their identity is in Christ. Their identity is in Christ. So brothers and sisters, our identity is in Christ. It is Christ who gives us identity. That's why we're called Christians. That's why the word Christ is in there. That we are identified as Christians. Next slide. Now, during the writing of this letter, this epistle, the Jewish believers, they were probably going through an identity crisis. Now, they're also experiencing identity crisis. How? In what way? Next slide. If they return to Judaism, 
They would, they would find a sense of security and belonging. They would be accepted again. So, uh, on the other hand, if they continue in this faith, they would be treated as outcasts. They would be persecuted. Uh, they would be prejudiced. They would experience discrimination uh, economically, socially, financially, uh, in, in whatever ways. No? They would experience this being outcast. So, san tayo? Balik ba tayo dun sa, sa Judaism so that we will be reaccepted, that we will, be, we will not experience any more these persecutions? Or do we continue? Do we remain? Do we remain steadfast and continue to experience these ill treatments? Should they take the easy road going back to Judaism or should they persist in faith? So in our present crisis, present situation that we have this pandemic, it's very easy to just no, uh, just survive and and uh, to do things uh, on our own way, or even compromise to a certain point. Or do we persist in faith? Next slide. The story of Moses should encourage the believers. This particular story that we have just had should also encourage us today. Instead of identifying with the comfort and the security of an Egyptian prince, Moses identified with the Hebrews. Pinagpalit niya yung pagiging prince of Egypt and, and every privilege that he has and he has experienced to what? The hardship of being a Hebrew. Therefore, Jewish believers should identify with Christ even if they suffer ill treatment rather than find belonging with the pleasures of sin. Next slide. In our personal context, we should also identify with God and His people. Who identifies you? Or what identifies you? Are you identified by your friends, by your classmates, by your office mates, by your community? Are you identified as belonging to God? Or are you identified as a person who belongs to this world? God's people are those who believe in the suffering, in the death, and also in the resurrection of Christ. And those who repented for the forgiveness of sin. We are not to only identify ourselves with God, but we are also to identify ourselves with the people of God. So who are our closest friends? Sino yung mga nagbibigay sa atin ng mga counsel or advice uh, so where do we get our our hugot where do we get our uh, mga ano mga tips or mga advice or mga counsel who gives them who surrounds us our children perhaps our family 
who are our closest friends? Of course, there's a need to reach out to, to the pre-believers with, with an intent, with a, with a motive, with a goal to win them for Christ. But in our day-to-day -day lives, sino yung mga kaibigan natin? Tell me who your friends are, and more or less, I will be able to tell something about you. Because birds of the same feather, they flock together. We are to identify ourselves with God and His people. Time and again, we remind everyone to be part of a growth group. Because in a growth group, that is where we can together build relationships and together we can encourage one another, pray for one another, and journey with one another, being identified together as God's children. Next slide. Moses identified with God's people, as we have learned, instead of the Egyptian, in particular to be the son of the Pharaoh's daughter. You must also identify with God and the people, not with this world. Our affirmation is from God's word and not from people. So where do you get your hugot lines? Where do you get your counsel? Is it from the experience of another person? Or is it from the words of God through another person? Or better, directly from the word of God. Where do we where do we seek wisdom uh, when we need one, especially in making a, 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 a decision? Do we consult people or do we consult God in His Word? Who we are should not be bound to sin and religion. Our identity is in Christ and with His people, the church community. So this is an encouragement for you and for me as well that we are to really uh, put effort in building relationship you know, with, with God's people. Next slide. Today, many people seek their identity in social media. Uh, mga likes, mga, ano pa ba? mga thumbs up, approval, especially from the social media. Uh, and one of the definitions today of success is having more friends or having more approval via social media. Uh, and the more likes and the more approval, more shares, etc. that we have, we equate it with, wow, success. But there is too much focus on our self-esteem and personal feelings. What we need to focus in and on is Christ and His Word, not ourselves. Not the affirmation of people, but the affirmation of God. Recently, I had this uh, special moment with one of my children 
Now, and one of the tests I, I said to this uh, child of ours is to, to ask your question. What you are doing, with what you are doing, would this make you or me a better person, a better Christian? So what, what, whatever you're doing or whatever you want to do or to decide to do, you ask yourself, this is a good test. Now, if this, this activity, this, this, this something to do uh, is valuable or not. Uh, the test is, tanungin mo sarili mo, will I become a better person with this? Or better, would I become a better Christian with this? If your answer to this is yes, then obviously we would want to support that. So if this activity, this, this, this uh, something to do or your plans or whatever will make you a better person, then you have our support. But here's the thing, if it is not, if the answer to that question is no, it will not. It would even make me worse or it would even harm me or put me into danger physically or mentally or spiritually, then we refuse. They should refuse. We should refuse. You should turn your back from such things. So that's a good test, no? Whether this something would make me a better Christian. If your answer is yes, then go ahead. But if it's a no, then I strongly suggest, encourage to refuse. Next slide. As parents, let us protect and prepare our children to a point where they are able to choose wisely by also teaching them to choose Christ. Choose Christ. Next slide, choose Christ. We should choose God despite social discrimination or persecution. Our eyes should be on eternal rewards, not temporal, for the real reward is following God forever. That's the eternal reward. Earthly riches, they are temporary. We, we know this for sure. Heavenly riches are eternal. The, the temporal things of this world, we will leave them all behind. What remains is our relationship with God. Next slide. Christ gave us peace with the Father. Why do we need to choose Christ? Christ gave us peace. And he will give us peace with the Father. By his mercies, by, by the mercies of Jesus Christ, we have fellowship with God. Who is Jesus Christ? He saved us from the wrath of God and ushered us into God's grace. Furthermore, Christ, through Christ, our sins are forgiven and we're given eternal life. Therefore, we proclaim that it is through grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone that we can be saved. That's why we need to choose Christ more than religion, more than the other false gods. 
because it is only through Christ that we become one. We are reconciled with the Father. Next slide. Also, by teaching our children to fear God. We, we, we teach our children to fear God. They have many fears, I'm sure. But the best fear is to fear God. Next slide. For many centuries, the Jewish people respected and esteemed Moses. Uh, they, they look high upon Moses. The story of the survival of Moses as a baby was a story of faith. His parents did not give in to fear. Instead, they believed. Therefore, Jewish believers should not fear persecution and social discrimination for the sake of Christ. This is the point of the author, especially to the original readers and audience. Next slide. Fear no one except God. Fear, fear his wrath. Fear his abandonment. Fear his justice. Fear his punishment. We would rather obey God than men. The parents of Moses, they also had a choice whether to obey their king or obey God. God's word is higher than any law on earth. God's commands are higher than any man's commands. And God's purpose is higher than any earthly plan. So God's laws are higher than the laws that we have. And therefore, you obey God rather than the laws of this world. Next slide. When the time comes, will you fear what others will say because of your faith? Meaning, matatakot ba tayo of what people will say about our faith? Are we going to to be fearful of what people would say? Or will you shrink back from faith in Christ and will, or will you proclaim the gospel? When the time comes, especially the hard times, are you afraid to lose your life for your faith? Or do you fear God alone and not men? So what profit would it give to us if we, well, no one will be able to gain all the riches of this world. But even uh, granting uh, for discussion's sake, you are able to, to gain all the riches of this world. What profit would that give if you would lose your soul and suffer for eternity? Next slide. And last but not the least, by teaching them that all of the above, identities in Christ, choosing Christ, fearing God, all of these are possible. Yes. How? By faith. All of this would be possible and would be made possible by faith. As we close, next slide. The eye of faith. Now, this is a different kind of eye. This is not our physical eyes that sees the physical world. This is the spiritual eye of faith showed Moses of what is eternal. 
he saw the eternal, the eternal riches in Christ, and it outweighs the riches of Egypt. Of course, Moses may not have really known who Jesus Christ was, but he knew of the Messiah who is to come. Moses focused on God's reward, the Savior, and the, and the, 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 the loyalty to the Savior, and not earthly riches. Next slide. In one sense, Moses would act as a type of Christ, just like Isaac. Isaac was, was uh, almost made to be the sacrifice you know, by his father. You know, but here, Moses is also a typology of Christ who would save the people. In fact, Moses would, would, would deliver them from, from the, the, the powers of Egypt. Moses would save the Israelites from Egyptian slavery, while Christ would save many, especially to those who would repent from their sins and those who would believe in him. Christ would save them. Christ would deliver them. Next slide. The author wants the Jewish believers to look beyond this world. Friends, let us look beyond the riches, the treasures of this world, the pleasures of sin. Let us look beyond what this world can offer. And the key to this, being able to look beyond, is faith. How do we look beyond persecution? How do we look beyond this crisis that we are in? Economically, financially, relationally. No. How do we look beyond the key is faith? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And those who come to him, take note of this, should believe that he is. Believe that God is. And that God is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And there is a reward, brothers and sisters. Of course, we know that the reward is an eternal life in heaven. Where there's no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering. What an ultimate reward to receive at the point of our death. Next slide like to leave again all of us with uh, a poem written by our beloved uh, senior pastor entitled Faith and Identity. He's the son of Pharaoh's daughter, truly a well-known character. Grew up with knowledge and comfort. Many things he could well afford. But splendor had no attraction. With riches, he had no affection. No sensation with position. God led him to separation. His identity was with God, the mighty one who used his rod. Moses felt for the suffering 
the people endured while waiting. By faith, he faced Pharaoh, the king. Let my people go, he would ring. By faith, he endured the ordeal through the plagues until the last kill. His eyes were on the promises. His ears on whatever God says. By faith, he fulfilled God's promise. In his presence, he found solace. Would you read this, this last uh, few lines with me? Or perhaps in your mind, in your heart, in your thought. Read this along with me. Thus, in Christ, we identify the Savior that they crucified. With his people, we do belong. Faith in his word, we are made strong. Shall we all rise and close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the crisis that we are experiencing. Knowing that you have a purpose for, for this. Whatever difficult situation we are in today, my brothers, sisters who are here, or those who are watching, those who are listening via the social media, I don't know, Lord, their situations, but I'm sure that you know them. You know us, Lord, personally, and you know what we are going through. Whether we are comfortable right now or we, we are experiencing deep valleys and difficult seasons in our life. Lord, we thank you for this. Knowing also, recognizing as well that not only you have a purpose for this, but you want us to go through this to strengthen us, to develop our endurance. And to increase our faith, faith in you. Lord, if there are some who are here today, listening, watching today, depressed, discouraged, disheartened, Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them in a special way. That you are a faithful God. As we have studied from, from the start of Hebrews chapter 11, how you have been faithful during the time of Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and today Moses. Until our present time you are faithful you are faithful to your promise you have given Christ as the ultimate answer to our need you have given Jesus Christ to save us from your justice from your wrath so that through Christ through his death and resurrection we have eternal life. 
Lord, we receive this by faith. We are thankful for your grace and your mercy and your perfect love through Christ. Yet we know, Lord, that in this world, it can trick us and it can give us passing and temporary pleasures that could even be associated with sin. And we face this every day. Yet we thank you because by faith, we can look beyond this world. That there is eternal life in heaven. But maybe, Lord, some of our friends or classmates, some of the people we know in our community, are still in this, in this process. So Lord, we pray that you help us to be a channel of your gospel. Give us opportunities to proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sin through Christ. That through Christ, we can have peace and by faith, we can overcome this world. Give us, Lord, opportunities to share and proclaim your gospel, the good news of salvation through Christ alone to our friends, loved ones, neighbors, to our community. Today, Lord, we honor you and glorify you. We find identity in you and your people. Help us to teach this and pass this on to our children and to our children's children so that they too can do this and also prepare the next generation to a point where we could wisely choose you and turn our back from this world. All of this, Lord, would only be possible by faith. So thank you for these situations that our faith can be made stronger. We ask, Lord, that you continue to be glorified in whatever things that we do from here on until the point that you take us home. To you all be the glory that you alone deserve. This we pray in faith through Christ. Amen. God bless us all and uh, see you again next Sunday sa atin po mga bisita. We hope to see you again next Sunday and those who are watching and listening and we hope to uh, that you will be here again next Sunday.